Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. You're with Money FM 89.3. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. I'm Michelle Martin. Asia-Pacific shares are trading higher this morning, despite signs that China's manufacturing sector is still contracting. Tokyo is up half a percent. Sydney is in the green as well. Markets in Seoul are closed today for a holiday. Joining me now as we break down all the market action. How's Wednesday looking, Ryan Huang? Happy hump day, Michelle. It's looking busy. <laughs> oh, when isn't it? I'd like to know. We're five months into the year now, and if one thing's clear, it's that investors need a tougher stomach for investing than they did a year ago. That said, it doesn't mean there isn't good value to be found. In fact, this morning, we'll bring you three examples, all here in Singapore, of companies that analysts are bullish about. We have a telco, an aerospace engineering company, and a REIT. Let's start with the telco. Singtel's netted nearly $1 billion in profits during the second half of its financial year. Now, these results were released Friday. They came in below expectations. Despite that, analysts from at least three investment houses are upping their target Mm. prices for Singtel. Maybank, RHB, OCBC Investment Research, they're all bullish on Singtel. Why is that, Ryan? Yeah, when it comes to stocks and markets, it's all about future and what markets and investors are pricing in. And not so much what's happened in the past. So if you look at what's happening in the coming months, we have the prospects of business activities resuming to pre-COVID times at a much bigger fashion and also the borders reopening all these as well the growth fundamentals for what will be the economy of the future. All that will be helping to drive Singtel's bottom line. So if you look, for example, what Maybank is saying, it's got a buy call on Singtel and it sees the potential growth in regional data center and digibank areas as potential drivers. Mm-hmm. And also, if you look at RHB, they are pointing out that the reopening of borders will likely drive a rebound in roaming and mobile revenues. And remember, in the past few years, we had that really being weighed down with the lack of travel, as well as the, well, I guess to a certain extent, the reduction in foreign workers not using as much in terms of roaming or IDD calls. So all that had an impact on revenues for telcos. So Singtel has really become a bit more of a future play in terms of growth. And also it's in the news this morning. It's partnering Landlease to redevelop its comm center headquarters. And that asset by 2028 is expected to become a recurring long-term revenue generator. Singtel share price, $2.62 this morning at 1.11% or so. Now, while Maybank, OCBC and RHB are bullish on Singtel, one investment firm begs to differ. CGSCIMB has cut its target price on Singtel by $0.10. It thinks that Singtel's earnings will not grow as fast as others expect. Singtel's share price, meanwhile, dropped about 6% in May. It is still up more than 11% since the beginning of the year. So which camp do you fall in? Are you with Maybank, OCBC? CBC, RHB or CGSCIMB? I mean, are you bullish on Singtel or not? I would go with the arguments that Singtel has a lot of room to run. You've got a lot of drivers. You've got the data centers. You've got the digibanks, which have really, I think, to a certain extent, not been looked at as much as what 
I think the attention it deserves because it is huge when it comes to what it might do in Singapore and possibly around the region as well. So those are really huge potential drivers of future growth. And think about the metaverse and all the things to do with 5G and data. That is possibly another play it could go into as Singtel tries to go into the digital space, the 5G space and all things to do with networks. That is going to be where it's going to be able to make a huge play. All right, next up this morning, let's look at ST Engineering. Maybank has initiated coverage of the company and thinks that ST Engineering is a buy. Tell us why, Ryan. All right, ST Engineering is expected to do well because of the recovery in the aerospace industry. We've seen people posting Instagram, their passports and tickets just traveling, and that is pretty much reflecting how things are going back to where it was at least almost when it comes to travel. And that is going to see... A recovery in the industry for all things aeroplanes, aviation, engineering, the entire ecosystem is going to benefit. And SC Engineering is right in the middle of it. So you've got the target price of SC Engineering at around a 14.5% potential upside going by some of the analyst recommendations. So that's the level of optimism being priced in right now. Maybank has set a target price of $4.75 for ST Engineering. That's about 15% higher than its current level. Now, no doubt air travel is rebounding, but there are risks in the sector as well. We're seeing cancelled flights amid staffing shortages. Here at home, SATS, which provides ground services for airplanes at Changi Airport, so its shares tumbled several percent yesterday as its latest results came in below expectations. Again, what is your take on this? Is there room to run, good value to be had in this sector now? There is room to run, but at the same time, room to be cautious around some factors. And that is around how costs will be something to really watch closely because it has been quite tough for many of these companies to get back some of the workers they lost because they have to some extent, moved on to other careers. Mm. So getting them back is going to be a challenge and it might mean having to pay more for the talent that is out there. And also, oil prices will be one to watch. That's going to be something that could weigh on airlines as they try to ramp up activity again. So that could be a potential headwind to look out for in terms of additional expenses. All right, let's look at that share price this morning. $4.35, down 0.68%. You're with me here in Market View. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. We've covered Singtel and ST Engineering. At the top of the show, I promise you, listeners, a REIT. And the one that I have in mind today is Fraser Centerpoint Trust. FCT is featured in an opinion piece that's running in Bloomberg today. The headline screams, Singapore landlords don't fear the global economy. Give us an indication of how REITs are doing and how is FCT's business? Yeah, if you look at what FCT is doing in terms of its recent numbers, it is looking promising. So looking at what happened back in the latest data, by March, its properties were reporting footfall at just about 67% of pre-pandemic levels. But tenant sales were 105% 2019 levels. Imagine that. Without the 100% levels of footfall, it has managed to exceed the 2019 sales levels. That shows people are spending more. And I think it's just a reflection of the lack of opportunities to spend elsewhere, perhaps travel, and also all the other 
issues curbing spending elsewhere, just being funneled to the shopping centres, you know, just spending more time at the malls after work, on the evenings, in the weekdays. So all of that just contributing to more sales, at least for FCT. And it has also talked about how that has allowed it to raise rents for many of its tenants. So it is looking quite promising. Not so great news for the tenants because mm. it means higher rents. Incoming rents much higher. What does Bloomberg's Andy Mukherjee think that the REITs are doing right? I think you've got a couple of reasons why S-REITs have been able to, I guess, perform well relatively. And that is around how they have managed to exercise financial prudence in terms of buying the right acquisitions and also to a certain extent not overextend themselves when it comes to financing. So they have not really filled a like, shopping spree with debt. So that is one of the, I guess, prudent things S-REITs have done in terms of keeping their finances under check. So that is one of the, I guess, fundamental factors why S-Streets have been able to attract uh, some of these investors. Yeah, Mukherjee saying not many assets may work as an inflation hedge this year, but if property malls in Singapore prove to be an exception, they may be much sought after. And based on what you've been hearing from other analysts, do you think that FCT, Fraser Centerpoint Trust, could offer good value to investors given the current environment? It does look quite promising if you look at the factors coming in the next few months and even years, you know, people going back to the malls, you've got tourists coming in as well, they'll mean more traffic. And if you look at the CBD areas, people going back to the office will also mean more footfall for all these shopping malls, at least in the CBD areas. So that is pointing to a lot of positive signs that REITs will do well. And also, if you look at the dividend play, for many of these REITs, they are still looking quite attractive. And for many of these sectors, that is also going to ride on the economic recovery of what we're going to be expecting in the coming year. All right, I'm going to zoom out, take a look at broader markets. A late session sell-off led U.S. stocks lower overnight. The S&P 500 and the Dow Jones Industrial Average both fell more than half a percent. Those losses, though, basically brought the indices back to where they started the month of May. It was a volatile month, which essentially ended flat. Now, as we begin the month of June, investors have a new issue to fret over. As if inflation, interest rates, supply chain troubles and the war in Ukraine were not enough. Starting today, the U.S. U.S. Federal Reserve will begin offloading some of the $9 trillion U.S. dollars worth of bonds and other assets that it purchased during the pandemic to help support the economy. Those purchases, known as quantitative easing, helped boost share prices. Ryan, the opposite of that policy, quantitative tightening, is set to begin. What impact is this likely to have on markets? Okay, it's quite a tough one to call because in the economy and in the system, there are so many moving parts. But generally, if you look at how QE played out, it was a big boom for stocks. Everyone was piling into stocks off the back of QE. So quite likely, expectations are that QT, quantitative tightening, will mean the opposite, where stocks will become less attractive. That is also going to see upper pressure on treasuries as we see investors demanding more to hold on to those interest rate risks over a longer duration. So those are the expectations of what will be the impact. But I think we will have to check back on this to see the exact impact because right now it's quite a new normal when it comes to the financial system. So what might happen in the past 
and expectations of what might happen may not play out the same way. Yeah. The question on most investors' minds right now is whether the gains of last week will continue in the months ahead. We talked about the dead cat bounce on the show earlier this week. And from what I'm reading, a lot of analysts do think that the recent rally will be short-lived. But CNBC's Jim Cramer, ever the voice of <laughs> dissent, disagrees. So why is that? Uh, so he is basing his reasons around technical analysis, so looking at charts. So mm. many people look at charts to figure out where things will go from this point on. And looking at the charts, he is basing his charts or technical analysis from a chartist called Larry Williams. Mm. So in short, he is expecting that the rebound, the recent one we've seen, could last for the next few months. And this is where he's basing his analysis on some of the historical patterns he's seen. So in the past... He's seen how similar scenarios where 95% of the index advanced. Six of them indicated that it would mean that markets have more to run. And looking at the latest rally, it paints a very similar picture and he expects the same case to play out. But of course, you have to bear in mind, charts are a picture of history. They don't always follow history exactly. Yeah, but they do say history has a rhyme to it. So Kramer expecting the bounce to last till the end of August. Time for more corporate news now. And for this, we have a quick game of up or down. Ryan, Salesforce, up or down? Salesforce is going to be an up for me. So it's looking great for the company as it raises its profit forecast. So the tech company still seeing strong demand for its software. Indeed, Salesforce grossed nearly seven and a half billion US dollars in the last quarter, and it's looking and predicting strong growth ahead. HP. HP, I would go more of a down, and that is around its latest earnings, pointing to how it is seeing a bit of a dip in terms of demand, especially for consumer spending for personal computers and printers, especially a slowdown seen in mm. low end products and in Europe and China. Retail sales are down for HP, but overall its sales are up thanks to strong corporate demand. So how the stock fares going forward could really depend on which business segment is most important to it. I'm going to be cautious here and give HP a down. AMC. All right, AMC, I am going with down. And this is around a second sexual assault allegation being made across to one of the employees. So something that is going to not do any favours for AMC's company culture. Yeah, I'm going to give it down for different reasons. We talked yesterday about Top Gun Maverick and how the film is Tom Cruise's best opening ever as it grossed nearly 125 million US dollars during its first weekend. And its success looking like a boon to the theatre chain AMC Entertainment. But will more people continue to go to the cinema? Remains to be seen. AMC's share price, though, has jumped nearly 50% over the past four days. Let's turn to Singapore now. We are 18 minutes into the local trading day. Singapore stocks were mixed yesterday. Advances outpaced decliners on the broader market, but the Straits Times Index finished in the red, dropping 0.2% to 32.32. What's the picture like this morning? How's the STI performing? Yeah, STI snapped a three-day winning streak yesterday and is back up again, 0.3%, 3,243. And looking at the 30 constituents, it's pretty much split across the middle. At the top, you've got SGX up by 1.5%, followed by Jardim Matheson, Genting Singapore, and Maple Tree Commercial Trust, all of them up at least 1%. At the bottom, we've got SATS, 
Sancorp Industries, both down at least 1%, followed by Maple Tree Industrial Trust and SIA down 0.7%. And we were talking about Singtel, and Singtel's shares right now are just above water slightly by 0.4% at 260 Thanks very much, Ryan Huang there. I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.